Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Oh, it feels good, doesn't it? Heading into a big holiday weekend, 4th of July coming up. I'm Jamie yeah. Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start here. First of all, I don't want to be cheesy about it. I truly believe it, and I mean it. I think you guys would say the same thing. You feel lucky that you were born in this country. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's taken for granted all the time, and you know, we're certainly facing many challenges right now. But I always thank God for that, to be born in this country as we head into the weekend. Well, a key word with the headlines is being born in this country. Wow. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. But part of what we do is talk about what's going on right now. Yeah. And the current administration is not up to par with American standards. I think that's safe to say. No, yeah. They're, they're intentionally destroying this country. Yes, they are. You know, I used to think that was tinfoil hattie. I kind of avoided it. But I don't know what conclusion I'm supposed to come to. No. It, you're, I mean, it, that it, is the conclusion. You know what I mean? Every move they make is to weaken us. It's unbelievable. And now we're talking about the economy and this fight over, well, are we already in a recession? Well, it's not technically a recession. No. Right. You Poll people. It's not going well. Right. And, you know, the Atlanta Fed just said, uh, yeah, actually, we, based on our data, we are in a recession. Like, today is officially day one because, you know, recession is back-to-back quarters of negative growth. Well, Mm -hmm. they're saying our data shows that, uh, yeah, we had back-to-back uh, we had back-to-back quarters of, of negative growth here. So this is a problem. It'll take some time before the data geeks confirm what we've all known for months now. And while we wait for that, here's a montage of the Biden administration assuring us that a recession, but that's not going to happen. It's not inevitable. Okay. Oh, well played. A recession is not inevitable. I don't think that a recession is inevitable. I don't think a recession is at all, at all inevitable. Right now, we don't see a recession right now. That is not, we're not in a recession right now. No one is predicting a recession now. They're predicting, there, some are predicting there may be a recession. We expect a transition. Uh, right now, we're in a transition. The transition that we can accelerate. That is why our administration has paid a particular priority to the various facets of of people's needs and their lives. The wordsmithing. Yeah. It's it's not a recession, see? It's a transition. This is all by design. This is our plan, okay? (laughs) You're just going to have to to deal with it now, okay? (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. It just reminds me of the everything is going to hell in a handbasket. And it's like, yeah, but we created these jobs. No people were able to go back to their jobs after the pandemic. And you're taking credit for it. No, created these jobs. The new job. No, they're not. Okay. So then the question comes up. Hey, part of this recession, part of inflation is gas prices. There's a lot of different things we could do, and many have been talked about, even though the administration says, well, they've got a lot of tools in the toolbox. Right. 
Okay? A lot of levers that we can pull. Just none are really effective. But now the question comes, hey, how long are we going to have to do this? Yeah. Well, and, and Joe Biden came out yesterday and promised Americans that yeah, you're going to be paying high gas prices for as long as it takes to get Russia in line. And a lot of Americans are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign up for this. Why? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. And, and I think most Americans would say, you know, we're in, you know, we want Ukraine to, to come out victorious, whatever that looks like against mm-hmm. Russian aggression. But we are not officially at war. We are not involved in this conflict directly right that at least on paper <laughs> right so proxy but yeah whatever right so why so so why am i paying the price for this country that russia has invaded it doesn't really make any sense so what the white house is saying is you and your family are on the hook for this war in ukraine whether you like it or not white house economist brian deese he was asked about this by cnn's victor blackwell Hmm. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Holy smokes, man. Wow. He actually said it. They are... Giving the beatings out in front of everyone now, aren't they? <laughs> Actually said it. ...of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. But at the same time, what I'd say to that family and to Americans across the country is, you have a president administration that is going to do everything in its power to blunt the, those price increases and bring those prices down. Okay, they're not going to do everything they can. Because if they did, they would be getting in the way of the... The future of the liberal world order. Yes. Gosh, dang, man. Okay, reaction when you heard that, David? Well, the, the liberal world order really just means like a rules-based international agreement about aggression, about war, things like that. So I, I, he's not explicitly saying liberal like U.S. liberal or even... even right. It's more just talking about uh, countries that are free to exercise their authority based on permission from their citizens versus autocrats and and things like that. But at the same time, I think you got to remember that NATO didn't want Ukraine in because it was not following the liberal world order, okay? That's a great point. I feel better now. Thank you, David, for clearing that up. Well, what do you think it means? Well, I hear the words world order and... uh it makes me flinch. Right. Well, I still take it as that way, even though it's been explained. Honestly, just when you look at the world and what's happened over the last few years, and you think of the COVID lockdowns in places like Australia, New Zealand, Canada, my goodness, man, it is the whole G7 And then the World Economic Forum, they all come together, and they're making rules for the world. Here's how the little people could live better. And here's how, of course, we can stay in charge. We got a taste of that with the World Health Organization. Absolutely. You know, and that was frightening enough. And, you know, this entire time, remember this, David, let's, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for a second, if you can follow me. 
when all of the opposition to Donald Trump, it was overwhelming as far as media goes. We had never seen anything like it. And it was like, well, they just hate this guy, even though they used to love him. I mean, he was the apprentice guy, for crying out loud. He was on NBC. He's hanging out with Hillary. He's hanging out with people on the left for years and years and loved. Loved by rappers, everybody. It's Trump. But all of a sudden, he is public enemy number one. Well, he's racist. He's a white supremacist. Really? And all of a sudden, you come to realize, wait a second, that was a guy that wasn't going to play by the old rule book. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you say, wow, he really was America first, and that gets in the way of the whole liberal world order. Because when it came to foreign relations, he's saying, we're not going to do this. They're not paying their fair share when you're talking about NATO. Germany doesn't pay anything. Our own press was freaking out. Instead of saying, hey, we finally got somebody standing up for America, it was, norms! Oh, my God, we want you to do away with NATO! And all of a sudden, you see how the world is unraveling, and it's like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you can talk about liberal world order and what that traditionally means, uh, but right now, and especially it's accelerated over the last couple of years thanks to COVID, the liberal world order really means every country not looking out for itself, but really looking out for the people who run those countries, which really means you're not talking about authoritarianism versus a liberal world order. You're talking about established authoritarian states versus people who are trying to create authoritarian states. Exactly. Well said. Nice job. Yeah. Well said. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you still, as far as our media goes, oh, uh, the effects of Trumpism is still out there. Oh, no, did you see what the Arizona governor did? I did. Doug Ducey signed law that will send a lot of money to build the border wall. Good. In Arizona. And you can remember when Trump first talked about building a wall. It was We're going the, to build the wall, okay? Believe me. The freakout from the media. It's never going to happen. It's racist. Oh, yeah, racist. It's racist, blah, 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 everything else. Well, then he opened the concentration camps on the border. And the wall just got 10 feet taller, (laughs) believe me. So anyway, Arizona, $335 million to construct and maintain a border fence, purchase or install border security technologies, and to pay associated administrative costs. They have to do something about the border. It's their state. Yeah. Good for them. What else are you going to do? Well... Yeah, I mean, again... See what's happening at the border. People have to live with this. Our tax-paying Americans, like everyone else, I'm like, what, what's happening? I'm, there's bodies in my backyard. Yes. This is ridiculous. And the federal government doesn't care. They, they want it care. to happen. They absolutely want it to happen. But it's okay. Yeah. Um, because we're making great progress. And we should probably take a moment to celebrate this. Well, we're working mm-hmm. on it. Um, Tanji Brown Jackson, first black Supreme Court justice. Good job. Not true. What do you mean? <laughs> She's not. What I just read, She's it was on the ABC News. What do yeah. you mean it's not true? Yeah. Good Morning America put out a uh, tweet that was talking about Tanji Brown Jackson being sworn in. Uh, and they said she was being sworn in as the first black Supreme Court justice in U.S. history. Well, she there, is. There, there were no first female black Supreme Court justice, sure. No, no, no. First black. No, I mean, Marshall objects. Yeah, you had Thurgood Marshall. You had, well, Clarence Thomas. I mean, he's supposed to be public enemy number one, right? According to the left. According to the left, he's not black. No, he's not. Oh, right, right, right. He's a 
black white supremacist. <laughs> right. I think Greg Chapman just said that. He's Justice Clarence. Unbelievable. Yep. But are you surprised, even though that was a mistake? Right. They did correct it. They did, you know, yes. delete it and then correct it later. But no, I, I well, I think one, yeah, there, you do have a lot of people on the left who don't consider Clarence Thomas really black. They no. say that. They say, no, he likes he, or he hates black people. That, I mean, they say that on the I view know. of all places. It's crazy. Um, and Well, you know who the real racists are when they say crap like that? Well, them. They are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you have a lot of uh, liberal white people, especially well-off liberal white people, who are saying that they are allies of black, black and brown people, and then turn around and tell a black person he's not acting like a good black person. Exactly, it's astounding. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But again, I know in ABC you probably have you know some young kid just out of college and they're the ones that's going to type yeah. the crap on the crawl or whatever it is they don't know any better but that's inexcusable crying out loud i mean that's <laughs> imagine if for someone like katanji brown jackson okay because she's been celebrated so much it'd be as disrespectful as not remembering her name you know what i mean katanji right. well you saw her Okay, maybe the president forgot her name. Okay, it happened one time. Well, he's a raging racist and can never remember black people's names. Once you get the first name, well, you saw him. That's good enough. Contend you, well, you saw her. You saw her. (laughs) Dang. So the Supreme Court is fascist. Really? Who said that? Get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Heading into holiday weekend. Wait a second. The Supreme Court is fascist? Yeah, this is an interesting uh, trick here. Rashida Tlaib, one of the far-left members of the squad in the House of the uh, Representatives. Uh, Fascist SCOTUS, she writes, guts the EPA's ability to regulate carbon emissions, fight climate change. The federal government will be restricted from regulating anything of significance in the absence of a clear congressional directive to do so. Wait a second. That's the opposite of fascism. <laughs> uh, Congress has to do that. has to be a bunch of people that the people elected to be there. Yeah. What's the problem with that? Well, nothing. That's not how any of this works, but that doesn't stop her. I mean, in what warp mind can you say, yes, there is a group of people who are saying we're decentralizing the federal government, and you come away with the conclusion that that mindset is fascist. Uh, people that are used to getting their way. Dude, that's so accurate. Yep. I mean, and so <laughs> they don't if, know how to lose. If there's an executive order <laughs> yep. from a president on your side, that's democracy. Yeah. If it's from the other side, fascist. This is terrible. Never been corrected in their lives. They've been told since early on that they were beautiful and they were fantastic and they were the most talented and skillful. And here's your award and pat on the head. And when you lose later in life, you don't know how to react to it because you've never done it before. This is a first. So you throw a fit like a three-year-old would if he took his toy away. That's a lot of this. You're spot on. Just don't understand that. Fascism is just whatever I disagree with or something. Exactly. I mean, yes. or don't have that's... the ability to... D- I mean, yeah, that, that's really what it is. I mean, we've seen that yeah. play out with homophobia, with the word racist, right? If I disagree with you, 
you're one of these things. Correct. Yeah. Rashida. Every time I hear her name, I always think about that take when they were talking about abortion a couple of years ago. Maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me. Yeah. Wow. Boy. No problem there. Yeah. Done Oof. and done. Rest yes. easy. <laughs> I'm on a Rashida Tlaib sex strike for 35 years running. <laughs> me too. And there's... Yeah, once you enter that ring, you might as well just throw yourself in front of a train. <laughs> Interesting New York Times column. The failing New York Times, they allowed this? Is there going to be a boycott yeah. from the staffers there? What's going on? I don't know. It was a uh, it was a piece by a woman named Laura Atkins who says she is a liberal. Uh, yeah. And she is really glad that the Supreme Court has struck down part of New York's concealed carry permitting process. What? Specifically, you know, New York had one of these May issue schemes that said even if you pass all of the objective background check data, all of that stuff, you do the coursework, you do the range time, all of it, they can still deny you a permit if you don't demonstrate good cause, whatever that means, to carry a gun in public. Um, And this woman says, actually, I'm glad that the Supreme Court did this. And it comes down to this. Not only because crime is running out of control in New York, but she actually has filed for and received a temporary order of protection against a former partner. And she says, I want my concealed carry license now. Good for her. And she says, I I, I also understand why some of my fellow liberals would like to ban guns outright, but guns are already prevalent among those who don't follow the rules. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Again, right? I mean, been saying this forever. Yes. Yeah. This is not. This is nothing new. But give her a gun. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to her and the backlash <laughs> to the piece, because you know it's on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a lot to get to today. Did you hear this? Uh, the White House press secretary, Green Jean Pierre. I mean, it's been a struggle from the get go, right? You know why it's been a struggle? Because right. she's been set up to fail. And she can't succeed when a white guy's working with her. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> that and much more coming up right here. All right. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, Millennial. Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, and the Royal Blue. Yes, sir. Okay, the Supreme Court, apparently not only fascist, but utterly fraudulent? Yeah, one of the top Democrats in the House of Representatives says the Supreme Court is undermining democracy by making Congress pass laws. This is... Seriously, that's the argument they're making. That's what they're supposed to do. This is Jamie Raskin on MSNBC last night reacting to the court's decision to rein in the EPA, saying the EPA cannot just make up laws. That's the job of Congress. Well, the Supreme Court is on an absolute reactionary rampage, uh, striking down... Rampage? That's right. Yeah. Well, you're damn right, and they're winning. Okay. So right Uh, laws. Reasonable, modest gun safety laws like New York's concealed carry law, toppling more than a half century of right to privacy uh, precedent related to abortion rights in order to essentially cut the country in half. The decisions today are unbelievable. I mean, you know, to... It goes back to the states, dude. He knows this. Okay. You know, to uh, assault 
uh, a basic administrative law doctrine uh, that would clearly allow the EPA to uh, cap uh, carbon emissions, um, you know, in in the name of uh, you know somehow respecting the will of Congress when it's congressional will which has been undermined by what they did. Yes. Pass a law. Right. Just... What are you talking about? I'm sorry to roll that back because it makes it longer. But I just want to hear that one part to try to understand what he's even getting at. No, somehow respecting the will of Congress when it's congressional will, which has been undermined by what they did. Yes. Wait a minute. How do you know? Did you talk to every congressperson? Of course not. It's just words. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, I think Justice Kagan's dissent was right on point about that. Now, we mentioned this yesterday. So? Justice Kagan's defense or dissent, I should say, was actually that Congress is too stupid to understand what the I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. Right. But it was basically they, <laughs> they don't know enough about the EPA. So the EPA and their unelected bureaucrats should be able to basically create laws out of whole cloth when it comes to regulating the energy sector. Well, that that's not how that works in this country. Sorry. Um, no. Go cry about it. Or, you know what, just buy an electric vehicle, right? That's your solution to everything. There you go. Just, that's that's the way David will handle all problems from here on out, yeah. no matter what they are. The answer yeah. will always be yeah. buy an electric vehicle. Wife left you, buy an electric, buy an electric vehicle. vehicle. Yeah, right? there you go. Lost your job, buy an electric vehicle. Kids in jail. Buy an electric, Buy an electric vehicle. vehicle. Yep. There you go. <laughs> By the way, this Raskin fella, isn't he an insurrectionist? He is. He actually objected to the 2016 election. I thought so. Uh, yeah. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified Is that because it? they violated Florida's prohibition against dual get, office. Get out of here. Yeah. He's an insurrectionist. Insurrectiony. That Raskin dude. Okay. Oh, we got a problem, man. You know, racism is still a huge issue in this country. And you have another glass ceiling basher, Kareem Jean-Pierre. Mm-hmm. You shattered it. Well, it's a glass still on the floor. It's all but over, apparently ladies. they've set her up to fail the White House. Yeah. Biden and his white ilk. Yeah. So uh, this was in Politico. Uh, apparently, people who are friends with Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre are blaming Biden for her failures because they have a white man, John Kirby, standing by. As the article goes, some black communications officials in and outside of the administration, along with allies of Jean-Pierre, feel White House leadership has set her up to fail by having Kirby, a white man who is in the running for her job, hovering nearby and taking the lead on foreign policy. Listen, if you... If, if you can't handle the pressure of that job, and there's no question, it's a hard job to do. It's a pressure-packed situation every single day. But mm-hmm. if you can't handle that because someone of a, dif- of a different race is working with you, then you're too fragile for it. You go find something else to do. You can't do the job. Not only that, but I had thought they put Kirby up there to try to save her on issues where she was stumbling around and embarrassing herself. Well, honestly, I mean, John Kirby's a liar, but at least he can get a sentence out. He's a smooth liar, though. Yes, smoother. Smoother liar. Yes. Oh, no one's going to pretend that's an easy gig. We talked about that for years. No, it's it's a very hard gig. But, I mean, that was just a few weeks ago. 
the baby formula issue. Massive news. And then there were other things that were taking, you know, the headlines. But it's like a week later and someone asked for an update on the baby formula. She's looking through a notebook. She has nothing. That's one of the things that people have talked about. She's woefully unprepared. No, it's because there's a white dude up there. That's why she did this. Please just update the White House received on the current and formula situation across the country. Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Uh, I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked, been asked that question. I'll just let it roll in real time. Way to go, John Kirby! Racist! Okay. She would have been prepared. I don't have anything new. I know we what? made some announcements last week. Uh, I, don't, I just don't have them in front of me. Huh? But if you want to come back and we'll, we'll talk through uh, the things that we have been able to do in yeah. the past, the most recent activities that we've done. Hmm. You, know, you know what happened there, clearly. What? John Kirby snuck into her office wearing his KKK hood and stole that page out of her binder. That's right. <laughs> this black woman will not succeed, says John Kirby. That's right. <laughs> oh, golly, man. I guess we could go through a lot of different examples. I don't know if we have time. Oh, Putin price hike, all of that stuff. Keep trying to go back to that line. But we're the American people are set up great because with the economy and the boom that we've and had. Putin, Putin's price hike, yeah. inflation uh, coming coming uh, out of a once in a generation <laughs> uh, global pandemic. All all of those things play a factor. And, uh, and you know, it, but the thing, the way that we see this is that the American people are well positioned uh-huh. uh, to face these challenges because of the economic historic uh, gains that we have made uh, under this president, under this president in the last 16 months. Maybe that's what it is. How about you're just bad at your job? Is that possible? Oh, oh I, I love her talking about being in a recession. I have that clip I can pull up if you want. Oh, yeah, let's hear that. Oh, one. yeah, absolutely. We're in a recession. I mean, come yeah. on. So we see that the strengths that we, our economic strength that we uh, have seen from this past year, from the action that the president has taken with the American Rescue Plan, uh, with what we have seen uh, with the historical gains, uh, that is going to help us deal uh, with a recession. Right now, we don't see a recession right now. That is not, we're not in a recession right now. Uh, right now, we're in a transition where we, we, will, we are uh, going to go into a place of stable and steady growth, and that's going to be, uh, that's, that's going to be our focus. What, what you what you don't know is that John Kirby is actually hunched underneath the podium with a cattle prod because he's trying to sabotage her. And every time she gets partway through a sentence, he just goes zip, 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 gives her gives her a few volts, you know. <laughs> so is it the same thing? He was right there when she was on CNN with Don Lemon, and she acts surprised that anyone would dare ask. If the president had the stamina to run for president again, and she's just floored that he would even ask because of his vibrancy. The fakeness out of this one was an all-timer to me. Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he. I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that, is, I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just... <laughs> Yes, it is. 
See, I, I don't because know. Because people you... see him every day. I, I can't even believe you. He's the president. Well, that doesn't answer the question. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you knew this, though, is that what you couldn't see on the screen at that time was yes. John Kirby was there with a horse whip he borrowed from border the Border guns. Patrol. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was just whoop, whoop, whapping her because he's a racist white man who won't let her shine. See, I, it's good to know that now. They have been trying to sabotage her. It's right. terrible, and it's <laughs> evil. Well, and they got to Don Lemon. Right. They did. That yes. Was, that was actually John Kirby in blackface. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Lemon had two M's. And, <laughs> you noticed that, didn't you? <laughs> and how dare Don Lemon ask her if the president's okay? I mean, obviously, he's fine. We know that. He's out there all the time. Runs circles around those youngsters. I don't know how anyone could ever ask that. Hmm. Uh, you know, the thing is now the press corps is very upset. I don't know if you heard that story, that they don't have access to Biden. Right. That he's just not out there. And they're even talking about the comparison to Trump. Trump was always out there. Where's he at? We don't have access and to anybody that thinks, okay, the, the question of is he mentally fit? Does he have the stamina? I don't know where you would even we get need such m- mental a health thing. workers <laughs> with a with a weapon. Well, uh, you know, uh, I put forward a plan to, uh, um, you know, you can, and I have the U.S. Attorney, uh, United States Attorney General. Done. How could you even ask such a thing? That's crazy. Shock. But did you see this story of the press corps sending a letter? To the administration saying, hey, this lack of access is never been seen before. What is the deal? Like, we won't put up with it. Well, they can't put him out there. What are they going to do? And they can't put Kamala out there either. No. Well, that's just it. The pecking order is they can't put anybody out there. So I don't know what they expect to happen. That's why you get John Kirby. Why is it? that all these people in the press corps are writing the letter. Are they turning on Biden? I, 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 think, I think what we have seen is a pretty dramatic shift in the last, oh, month or so, where it's not so much turning on Biden, but it is planting the seeds to get him out of office so, so somebody can convince him to leave office. After yeah. the mid-term. No one said that. Who said that? I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I think I think they are going to really try to weaken at Bernie's this guy through the midterms because they know they're going to get an even worse shellacking if Kamala's out there. But I think we'll have President Kamala Harris within the next year. Oh, oh whoa. That's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. Are you willing to put five on that? I already have. We already have a bet about that. Yeah, I think he did. Okay, you know what? We need to go through the bets. I got to make sure that how that one's worded. Because I bet against it, right? No, I think Robbins was the only one who bet against it. Yeah. Well, they can't make her president. Yeah, I probably said that. That would be me. Yes. I was the one that said Hillary's probably going to come in there. That's more likely As vice me. president, and then they'll elevate her. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to figure out yeah, exactly oh what the gosh. bets are. It's the American way. We got to do that. <laughs> it's Plus, like, do you want to suffocate or be burned to death? <laughs> well, if you want to go with the impossible question, okay, it's either Kamala or Hillary. Oh, Holy buddy. Moly. Um, 
Oh, did you see residents of one town warned? Uh, great white shark migration. Be careful at the beach. That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So it is official. California sending out inflation relief checks. Yeah. About 23 million California residents are going to get inflation relief checks of, of up to, uh, uh, what, $1,050. Uh, after Governor Gavin Newsom signed a $308 billion state budget that includes these payments. Now, I love the sleight of hand that they're seeing right now or that they're doing right now. Because they say, well, we have a massive uh, record-shattering surplus in California because of my great leadership in California. That's not it, man. I mean, it, it's hard to actually find any news outlet that will report this. you got to mostly go to local news in California. But where that money came from was, one, uh, direct federal spending. So the federal government passing, and that's through Trump and then through Biden, giving the state of California billions of dollars. The other part is, I don't know if anybody was paying attention, but tech stocks did very well last year. Hmm. And a whole lot of the other companies that are based out of California that people turn to because they couldn't go to their local, I don't know, their local mom and pop shop anymore, made a ton of money. And as a high-tax state, California reaps the benefits of that. So it wasn't any fiscal policy on their part that really, or any new fiscal policy on their part that that created this, but they do have a surplus now because of the pandemic. So see, I'm looking out for you. Here's your money. Right. Here's your money, which is going to be even more inflationary because of at a time when supply is already being crunched, trying to get stuff off of boats in California, ironically enough. Yeah, now you got a whole lot of cash that's been flooded into the market. I mean, what are they... These people take every bad idea and think, you know what? We just didn't do that bad idea enough. Let's make it worse. Yeah. We have enough dumb voters to be like, yeah, he looks out for us. You got us money. Newsome money. It's great. <laughs> Newsome bucks. <laughs> <laughs> See the story out of Cape Cod, Massachusetts? Uh, Fourth of July. You know, the beaches. It's big business. What? The Atlantic white shark? Uh, Conservancy said, uh, just know that large sharks are here. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Fourth Great July white shark weekend? migration headed their way. Well, they're uh, white. Will those will those beaches still be open? I'm sure the mayor of the town says, those beaches will be open. One of the greatest lines ever. From Jaws, yes. yes. Think of it every single time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they have the apps that can actually show the shark sightings. I mean, 11 sightings uh, over the course of the past week, according to the story. So, you getting in three feet, five feet? Well, no. I know David's not. David saw a shark up close. That was, what, Galveston when you were yeah. a kid? Not doing so, that anymore. I'm out of the water. I mean, it takes a while for you to get comfortable with going into a pool. Yeah, it does. But that's more because of the man stew thing. That yeah, you know, I'm not afraid of there. sharks in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be getting any pools, any oceans, Robbins? No? no, no, I'm out. I'm out. No thanks. Come on, live a little. Come here, shark. This is the Mark the Van Camp and Robbins show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, good news. We live in the United States. It's a free country. A lot to be proud of. Heading into 4th of July weekend. Economically right now, not the best. Yeah. Well, it's transitory. It's no big deal. No, it's... Well, it's that's not, not true. No. That's what I've been told. I know. No, they you mean I've been you. lied to? Yeah, you've been yeah. lied to. Oh, man. Sorry, man. Yeah. Well, you have the story, David. Well, yeah, the Federal Bank of Atlanta released a big old red flag yesterday that the U.S. economy just entered a recession. Uh, their data is showing that GDP growth in the second quarter of 2022 fell to negative 1% based on the available data. Hmm. Uh, no one said that. Who said that? So, again, I, you know, the data geeks love to wait and see what all the things really line up and say. But if you've been buying groceries, trying to fill up the gas tank, trying to survive over the last six months, you've known we're in a recession. You know, I, I know that they say, well, we got to We got to really make sure and crunch the numbers here before we can officially declare or whatever a recession. But honestly, that's just academic more than anything <laughs> well it's like you have a son or daughter that is fighting for the country somewhere stationed somewhere and they get shot by someone and killed well it's not officially a war right right <laughs> no but we've just suffered through it so okay we'll wait and see if you want to label it a recession mm -hmm. every family knows their budget's upside down and they're hurting because of it I mean, you've heard the reports. Look at the credit cards. More people have taken them out to pay for basic goods. And the credit card debt, by last check, was at places we've never seen before. Yeah, but we know this. Well, we're not sure that it's actually a recession. You know, as your old grandpappy used to say, if it walks like a duck and talks <laughs> like a duck, chances are. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, even, I mean, there are a lot of people who are tightening the belt and, you know, canceling plans for travel this summer, things like that. I know in my own household, you know, there are a couple of smaller trips that we were going to be taking that we're not anymore because we're trying to be financially responsible. And it's like, look, the gas is too expensive. Yeah. A lot of people in that boat. Like, you know, I'll just probably wait to see how this goes for a little while. I know there are a lot of people that were just ready to roll. So the travel is going to be massive over the weekend. It does help, too, when the 4th of July is on a Monday. Yeah. When people are, you know, heading out for the weekend, a lot of people will be flying. But then there's another issue of the flights and how many are getting postponed. And hopefully, if you are going to be flying, it'll be smooth for you. But you really feel like you're rolling the dice a little bit. Oh, yeah, you definitely are. Um, meanwhile, um... It's all for a good cause, the reason you're paying all this money. Right. That's what we're being told. Well, yeah, Joe Biden came out yesterday and said, hey, you need to just suck it up, Buttercup, because we got Ukraine to save. Okay. He said, yeah, as, as long as it takes, we're going to keep uh, keep gas prices high because we need to punish Russia or something over their invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, you got to wonder how many Americans out there are like, I'm pulling for Ukraine, I guess, but 
you know, this is kind of destroying my life. Well, yes, financially. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm down with all of this. Uh, White House economist Brian Deese was asked about this by CNN's Victor Blackwell. This has turned some heads. Boy, has it ever. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Ah, uh, what? Well, line number one was clear articulation from the president. Right. That, that never, never happens. Yeah. <laughs> future of the liberal world order and we have to stand firm but at the same time what i'd say to that family and to americans across the country is you have a president administration that is going to do everything in its power to blunt those price increases and bring those prices down no they haven't there's a lot of things they could do it's been well documented they won't do it the war on fossil fuels so no they're not going to do everything and as far as the new liberal world order and you say they're they're trying to explain that, David, yeah. and what they mean by but, it is not what you hear. Yeah, traditionally, when you say liberal world order, you're really talking about uh, democracies versus autocracies, you know, freedom versus authoritarianism. But, I mean, what we have seen, and really we've seen it escalate due to the pandemic, when everybody has taken on the branding of Build Back Better, is a consolidation of Western democracies to form yep. basically its own autocratic regime. It's taking power away from the people. It really is. Well, yeah. And so, well, you can listen. You on you misunderstand what we're saying here. I thought words matter. Yeah, messaging matters. For a lot of us, it's like, well, you just said the quiet part out loud, really. Because when you look at other countries, we've talked about this before, Australia, New Zealand, how could this happen? Oh, my gosh, what happened to power of the people? Well, you have all these regimes, and that's why they want so much government control. Oh, they're just look- to control people for more power. Just looking out for your health, you know? <laughs> I mean, think of it this way, man. We have a government run by people that want people to come here illegally through the southern border. They want it to happen. And you have a tragedy like we saw this week. 53 people die trying to get here. And they can go out and say, oh, it's just, it's awful. But we inherited a broken immigration system. No, you opened the floodgates the day you took over. It's not tough for people to understand. Did you see the piece? It was out of the Wall Street Journal. And we know that smuggling migrants into the United States is big business. Yeah. I didn't know it was quite to this extent um former mexican immigration chief tanatua guillen it said drug trafficking organizations end up dominating the structure of the trafficking groups it used to be uh more of like little operations yeah but once the cartels figured out man we could make a boatload of money with this they took over everything mm-hmm it's not like a cartel shows up to the little organization that's into human smuggling and says, hey, we'd like to be a part of this. And they say, you know what, cartel? No, thanks. Right. I appreciate the offer. Right. There's not like an acquisitions and merger meeting that happens no. here. It's No, they just take over because they want to. Right. So there's been a huge expansion in the last couple of years. 
So they mentioned in the story in the past decade, people from Honduras say they've had to more than triple the prices they charge migrants to take them to the United States. It used to be four grand. All right, I can get you in the United States, it's going to cost you four. Now it's 13500 Oh, my gosh, per person? Per person. Wow. And wow. much of that money, well, is to pay tolls to pass through the territory controlled by the cartels in Mexico. This is like some street gang thing, right? It, but it's massive. It's way and you know how organized. the cartels run Mexico. Yeah. Well, if you're going to soldier through here, you're going to have to give us some money. Yes. Well, and a lot of people would say, and the cartels have way more influence wow. and power in the United States than you can imagine. Got to pay a toll. Hmm, boy. So former head of international operations at the um, Drug Enforcement Administration said the cartels took over all these small smuggling groups. They organized it. They structured it. And we've heard this before, as we mentioned the other day, that truck that was taking the people up through San Antonio ends up in Minnesota. And so you have all these safe places along the way. Yeah. All of that's organized. Well, that, that particular part of town, the, the word is, you know, there's been an increase in, uh, increase in traffic because what a lot of times will happen is somebody gets them to a major metropolitan area like San Antonio, drop them off somewhere, kind of on the outskirts of town, then somebody else picks them up and takes them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Let's say they talked about another route. It's a big one that goes along the Gulf Coast, where you have splinter groups from the Gulf Cartel basically taking control of the migrant smuggling. So they charge for stays at the safe houses and safe passage into the United States, and they do it in less than 15 days. They say it sort of acts like a travel agency because it's all set up because they have so much money. They can pay massive amounts of money for safe houses, and people just cooperate. Sometimes you can cooperate because, man, this is an easy way to make money, or it's you can cooperate or you can get your head chopped off. So people uh, cooperate. Yeah. That's just part of it. But, I mean, you rarely hear this about this sort of stuff. You're not going to hear it from legacy media, I don't imagine. And how many people lose their lives along the way. Yeah. You know, I had never even thought about this until today, that there's, like, bed and breakfast for this. <laughs> and It's not reported on very you know, much. No. Attractions along the way. And, and, and a, unbelievable. And, a, and soft on illegal immigration policies like the ones that we've seen out of the, yeah. out of the yeah. Biden administration. Sure. Incentivize these groups. Yeah, it gives them the green light. Oh, okay. Yes. I, you know, because then, you know, it's so uh, compartmentalized that if one guy gets picked up, well, there's another guy on deck. You know, he's going to come in and take over mm-hmm. the route, or they'll find a new route. Whatever it is, I mean, you can't really completely sever all the heads on this hydra. So, I, I mean, when they know that they've pretty much got free reign to come in and out as they please. Like in California with the fentanyl mm-hmm. busts, and the, those guys are out the same day. Yeah, that's a problem, and it only makes it worse. Joe Biden is making these cartels richer every single day. There's no question. Absolutely. If you want to hear an uplifting story, I have one. Okay. A uh, world record has been broken. Wow. Ready for this? Sure. Oldest female to do a tandem parachute jump. 
the oldest female to do a tandem parachute jump. Yes. How uh, old do you suppose? Well, you said, oh, geez. 94. Higher. Whoa. 90. Higher. 100? 103. Oh, my wow. gosh. Yes. Holy moly. Yeah. Root Anaya Ingegaard Larsen from hmm. Sweden. Wow. Yes. 103. Unbelievable. I'm looking at this story. I'm like, this is incredible. That is incredible. So then the question becomes, when are you going to do it, Scott? When I'm 103. Come on. I'm not. Why would I do it? I don't want to do it. You know, I've cheated death naturally. I don't want to do it unnaturally. <laughs> I'm going to be doing it with my daughter. Well, you want to come along? No, I don't want to see that. What if we started a GoFundMe? How much would it cost? To, for me to yeah. jump out of an airplane? Yeah. I'm not doing it. 12,000 feet. Come I'm on. I'm not doing it. 10 grand. I'm not doing it. $25,000. I'm not doing it. You wouldn't do it for 100 grand? I don't want to. You wouldn't do it for a hundred thousand dollars. <sighs> All right, get a hundred thousand dollars together and let me seriously. Let me kick that one around. You no. get a hundred thousand. If I get a hundred thousand dollars for jumping out of an airplane, that's what I'm asking. I'd probably what? do it without a parachute. Take my roll the <laughs> dice. <laughs> we may have to revisit that. Uh, we have a one billion dollar plan to fight racist roads. You got to hear this story and much more coming up right here. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, one thing to know heading into the 4th of July weekend, we're doing everything we can to fight racist roads. Yes. That's a good thing. If you're on a road trip this holiday weekend, then make sure that if you find a racist road, park on the shoulder, get out, and just start punching the road. Because it's so racist. Yes. That's how you stay can... away from rural areas where it's just gravel because it's white. Right. Those roads are super racist. That's how you can hashtag do the work this holiday weekend. Okay. Thank you, David. You pound the pavement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Boot Edge Edge has launched a billion dollar, first of its kind pilot program aimed at helping reconnect cities and neighborhoods racially segregated or divided Sorry. by road projects pledging wide-ranging help to dozens of communities despite the program's limited dollars. Uh, so, yeah, he's combating racist roads with a billion dollars, and apparently that's not Hold enough money. Hold on a second. I'm sorry to interrupt. Did I catch that in the story? Uh, limited budget, yes. but it's a billion dollars. Yes. Well, there's How a lot many of, rac- of these racist roads <laughs> exist? There's a lot of them, okay. Hmm. He's been talking about this for a while, and frankly, yes, in his smug sort of way, he was surprised that when he brought it up, people didn't realize. I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for yeah. the purpose of div- dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or that would have been, uh, in New York was, yeah. was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, but that obviously obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Um, I don't think we have anything to lose by confronting that simple reality. And I think we have everything to gain by acknowledging it and then dealing with it, which is why the reconnecting communities, that billion dollars, is something we want to get to work right away, uh, uh, putting to work. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of funny that the Washington Post fact checker actually did some fact checking on this back in November when he said that. Yeah, it was hilarious. And, and it comes from this Pulitzer Prize winning book about Robert Moses. 
architect and designer. Um, and actually, no, the, the low-hanging bridges that he mentions there has nothing to do with racism. Commercial traffic was excluded from the parkways anyway, and generally good transport situation on Long Island forbade the very considerable cost of raising the bridges, so Moses did nothing different on Long Island from any parks commissioner in the country. Moses could hardly have let buses carrying black people on his parkways even if he had wanted differently. It's all it's always a lie. It is. Every time you hear something, well, you know, academics say blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, these roads are racist, blah 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 blah. It's always a lie. Every time. Racist roads is now in the WWE though. <laughs> We're taking you to the highway to hell, brother. <laughs> hell in the cell with racist <laughs> And his sidekick, Overpass. <laughs> There's other stories to get to. I couldn't stop that, though. I just had to let that play out. It's just too dang funny. Oh, my goodness. There's uh, Well, there's certainly more racism or accusations of racism we got to get to. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. But biggest story of the day so far, David? You no, know, probably is that it looks like we are officially in a recession. Um, and the White House says, hey, you know what? Take your medicine. we got to save Ukraine. Part of the new liberal world order. Mm, yeah. Good. I've honestly gotten to the point where every time I see somebody with it, and it pains me to say this because there are people who I who I know and love, family members who do this, but I laugh and roll my eyes so hard I get a headache every time I see a Ukrainian flag flying on somebody's lawn. I'm just like, oh. okay, whatever. Yeah, you want to ask a few questions about Ukraine that you know couldn't be answered? Yeah. Yeah, always hilarious. Um. Liberals claim Texas schools are calling slavery involuntary relocation. Yeah. Oh, we got there's so much lie. to get to coming up. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show heading into 4th of July weekend. And we're talking about fundamental rights here, David, with the president. Uh, yeah. So the president is having a roundtable on how to save abortion in America. Couldn't. No one outlawed it. Right. Well, I mean, some states have these Nationally, laws. Some states, I, I know, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, you can change that if you're in that state, if you don't like it. Right. Well, he sure. is He is going to vow to protect a man's right to abortion, okay? What? What? This extremist court has committed to moving America backwards with fewer rights, less autonomy, and politicians invading the most personal decisions that not only women, but we'll find if they expand, expand on, on this decision, uh, men as well. What? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't it's know. A, it's a garbled mess. Yeah. What a jumbled up. But is he talking about men who menstruate <laughs> and can get preggers? I don't know. Is this where we're at now, you Joe? You tell me. I don't know, man. Someone flipped over the gravel board in his head. It's just there's tiles all over the floors. Okay. That might be worth hearing the end of that again or towards the end. I don't know, man. I could make the argument it's 17 seconds. It may be worth playing all All of it. We might want to hear that because maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe we all heard it wrong. Well, the very last part. Men as well. Men as well. That seemed clear. Yeah. 
Men so is that well. just to cover the trans issue? I, dude, you're I, maybe I need to hear the clip again. I'm not sure. All right, here we go. What I love about it <laughs> is that he's talking about extremist views, and then it seems he's talking about men getting preggers. Yeah. This extremist court <laughs> has committed to moving America backwards with fewer rights, less autonomy. That's not true. And politicians invading the most personal decisions that not only women, but we'll find if they expand, expand on, on this decision, uh, men as well. How? See, it's ban on what? Condoms? Is that what he's talking about? I don't know what he's talking that must about. Be, that's got to be it, right? Like, Doesn't in, it? It would have to be, In the jumbled right? mess of his mind, he's got to be <laughs> yeah. trying to reference Clarence Thomas's uh, concurrence, which was not the opinion of the court, but it was his opinion, right. that they could revisit other right. uh, landmark cases. Like this one's, gay marriage, contraception. But they specifically said this one only, uh, the, the ruling only involved yeah. abortion. Yeah. They were very specific about that. But that's the only thing I can think of. Other than that, it is men who have who menstruate. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Unless he's talking specifically about condoms. Well, that's not true either. Well, I know it's not true, but so what? Okay. So what? You and your stinking truth. <laughs> Always getting in the way. And again, the whole history lesson, what was extreme was the Roe ruling in 73. Yeah. That's when the Supreme Court overstepped. When you look at history and you look at it objectively, that was it. I mean, I don't know how many different people that you would call law experts or that understand law have said that time and time again. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it for crying yeah, out that loud. It, that it didn't provide more clarity. It actually muddied, muddled things up, which is not what the Supreme Court's supposed to do. Correct. But now the extremes taking rights. Men, too. Okay. I don't know what the I don't know what the hell he's that talking about. I don't means. know. I'll tell you this, though. When it gets crazy in a lot of different areas of wokeness, okay, it's usually packaged in words that sound loving and inclusive and just, you know, we just want everyone to have the same rights, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of times it's the sleight of hand stuff that they're actually lying to the public of what their actual agenda really is. And I'll give you an example, because it's not like I want to play a clip of Ibram X. Kendi on Stephen Colbert's oh show. Oh, my gosh. But to me, this is a great example <clears throat> of the sleight-of-hand BS that they always do. And, of course, it's easy to do when you have two people on the same side and there's no one in there to no. say anything to the contrary. But again, Ibram X. Kendi is the critical race theory guy. He's the racist baby author. Yeah. Okay. One of the leading proponents. And he's getting huge speaking fees to go into colleges. If you're familiar with this guy, I forget what his real name is. He changed it to sound more. Yeah, it's Henry Rogers. Yeah. So anyway, Henry's on Stephen Colbert's show. Listen to how this rolls. One of the arguments you hear um, in opposition 
to talking to uh, young children or to teaching elementary level school children about racism or the history of racism in America. The argument goes something along the lines of, well, you're going to make white kids feel bad about being white. What, what is your response to that? Well, All right, I'll throw a flag right there. That's well, not the argument. No, it's not. It's not about teaching about racism or slavery, uh, slavery or any history at all. But what this guy and so many others want to do is actively tell white kids they should feel bad about themselves. They literally say that. You're born an oppressor because of your white skin. Yes. And unless you, quote, do the work, okay, basically sign up for our cult, then you're an oppressor. Yeah. And if you're black, you're oppressed. And you can't get ahead. You can't win. The game's rigged against you. It's the can't-do attitude. Unless everything in society works out. So you need to join our cause. So, But they phrase it as, well, the opponents just, they're, they don't want to hurt poor white kids' feelings. That's not it at all. Well, listen to this joker. I, I would say those people are most concerned about our teaching of slavery. So let's just talk about slavery. Sure. Well, if we teach white kids uh, about slavery, we're going to teach them that there were white people who enslaved people and there were black people who were enslaved. And we're also going to teach them that there were white people and black people who challenged and fought against slavery. And, and so my question back to them would, would be, why can't we allow white children to identify with white abolitionists? That. I'm, uh, as far as teaching that white people enslave black people and people are afraid of that, that's what they've been teaching in school, as far as I know, forever. Dude, Certainly I, in my childhood, in your childhood, Scott. <laughs> I think it was still going on in your childhood, David. Well, certainly it was. My goodness. Yes. It was teaching about about slavery, about the horrors of, of slavery, about the horrors of Jim Crow, about all of that. I mean, I learned about all of that. So they put up this straw man to say, all these people on the right don't want slavery taught about in school. That's a load of crap. So you have dopes watching the show going, man, the crazy people on the right, they don't even want to teach slavery. Are you kidding me? And then listen to the seals. And... There you go. Also, it, it demonstrates to me that these folks recognize that kids are not colorblind uh, and that how we shape the curriculum impacts our children. So then why aren't they concerned about how black kids feel when they're not represented in the curriculum? We, we do. We do. Many of us do. And that's one thing that, you know, whenever you say, well, you shouldn't be telling, you know, an eight-year-old or whatever white kid that he is automatically an oppressor. That's very damaging. It is also, and I know I've made a point to say it every single time, that's extremely damaging to a young black kid to say that there's nothing yes. he can do about it. Yes. There's nothing you can do. Nothing is your fault. Nothing is your responsibility. Uh, there's just really nothing you can do unless a white person like grovels to you or something. That's really damaging to a young black kid as well. Yeah. When oh, your livelihood is dependent upon creating problems, you create problems. Because your livelihood depends on it. Yeah, to lie to people. In the case of Ibram X. Kendi, his whole existence is because of it. Yes. 
And so, so if he would solve it or come to some conclusion, no. he didn't want to do that. There's too many people making a lot of money. Well, there's no money it. in it. No, there's no money in it. But, I mean, honestly, we talk about this all the time. You should always be looking for the truth. What is the truth? They're not telling the truth. Not at all. And it's not because they're fooled. They know better. No, they know better. So if you're lying to people on purpose, that's evil. There's no other way that I can think differently. But continuing, you continuing know you're to lying that, to people. If you profit greatly from it, you might, he, this guy couldn't come out as any sort of problem solver. Well, no. I mean, there's no money in that. You don't get to go to colleges and lecture people. I mean, you, you don't. So He's figured out how the game works, and that's exactly how it works. What's the story in Texas, David, with the oh, schools? Yeah. Uh, there's a miniature media meltdown right now, and we'll probably hear more about it next week in the national level. Uh, people claiming that the state of Texas is getting ready to tell teachers to call slavery involuntary relocation. Okay, so you see that headline, right? And you're like, holy crap, what? Involuntary relocation. Well, remember, anytime you see something in national media or anytime you see somebody from the left presenting something, assume it's a lie. Assume there's at least mm -hmm. something that they're not including, okay? Yep. Because the truth usually is not nearly as outrageous as what their lies sound like. So as the story goes, according to the Texas Tribune, a new law aimed at banning critical race theory, which isn't taught in school, mm -hmm, <laughs> is leading the State Board of Education to whitewash the evils of slavery. Well, that's not true. The law explicitly states that kids must learn about slavery and the civil rights movement and racism. Uh, anyway, but uh, this whole program, though, allegedly includes calling slavery involuntary relocation. Now, here's the real story. The Board of Education is taking proposals to update the social studies curriculum. There's a bunch of different groups working on this. Uh, one of the groups giving input said that students should, this is what they wrote, should compare journeys to America, including voluntary Irish immigration and involuntary relocation of African people during colonial times. That's it. They did not reduce slavery overall as involuntary relocation. In the context, I get that it's clunky wording, and the State Board of Education said, yeah, we should rework the language here. But that's pretty standard, actually, to talk about voluntary migration versus involuntary migration. That's not out of bounds at all. <laughs> they talk about I mean I remember hearing about that too in college in in woke university at UNT right. hearing about that's the difference you're not saying involuntary relocation or migration is is good but that's how you just classify those two different things when you're looking at the movements of people you know what else just off the top of my mind that I realized what I didn't hear much about and I don't know if ever um, growing up getting taught about slavery was that every race under the sun have held slaves at one point in time. That's oh, yeah. throughout the world. But that's never talked about. Everyone's guilty on that level. Now, in the United States, it's different. It's specific races. But in world history, every race has held slaves. So when it's trying to be pointed out, well, slavery, that's, that's white people. They're always the ones that are the oppressors. That's not true. Oh, and it's wrong every single time. Well, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's wild, man. Mm -hmm. Speaking of lying to people, uh, remember when David brought up the grown man that beat the 13-year-old girl at a skateboarding competition?
Yes. Because well, he identifies as a girl. Yes. This 29-year-old dude. Um, no physical advantage. For who? The 29-year-old dude. Oh, over the... <laughs> You just skateboard his side of the head. I'll do it. <laughs> we'll get to that much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, the trans issue. It's been talked about a lot this year. Talking about physical advantages in sports. Yeah. And this 29-year-old biological man says no competitive advantage in this skateboarding competition. Yeah, Ricky Trace had the, it was the border competition in New York. Um, he's a man. He's, a, he's actually he's a veteran. Father of three. Now identifies as a woman. Took part in a skateboarding competition that featured mostly teenage girls. And he mm-hmm. won. He's 29 years old again. Physically fit. Mm-hmm. I uh, won the $500 prize. Second place was a 13-year-old girl. God. <laughs> <laughs> so Trace did an interview with the Daily Mail saying, I'm not going to go and be easy on them because they're kids. It's funny. It's, it's what I'm getting beat up over the most is people saying, you're beating little kids, little girls. Well, I didn't intend to do that. This is the first one I've been to that I actually wanted to win. The age thing doesn't really count. Look at me. I'm not buff or anything. And I don't think skateboarding has anything to do with physicality, especially oh when you look God. at kids these days. jeez. <laughs> what a clown. Are you right. joking? Do you see the difference in the tricks and what yeah. people can do? Well, of course. Okay. Yeah, All of right. course. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Again, again, this this is life imitating Seinfeld. When Kramer went into the karate class with all the kids, it was beating them up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a comedy scene. Yeah, yeah. He won trophies. You know what happens when some dude identifies as a woman in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest? Well, no advantage. Well, you know that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Chestnut says, I'll just enter the when, when his days of winning the men's is open. You just go to the women's. Oh, yeah. my gosh. All right, we got to get set up for our Friday Five. Countdown we do every Friday. Well, we're heading into Fourth of July weekend. I think last year we did uh, songs with America or USA in the title. Yeah. We thought we'd switch it up a little bit. How about songs with free or freedom in Ooh, the title? Wow, good stuff. There's some great songs. Yeah. Okay. And as always, we rank them by how big of a hit was this song or how iconic is the song. Then does it stand the test of time? It's a 1 to 10 score on everything. And then how much do we personally like it? Put it all together. And this is a great list. Good list. You say good, huh? Well, no, I'm, so, I think it's a really good list, yeah. But not great. Well, it can be great, yeah. Okay. Well, if it's, you want to get in early, numbers 210-619-2053. Greatest, or I guess really good, songs with free or freedom in the title. Friday 5, kicking it off next right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much 
for being right here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Roberts all gathered together on Friday. We do yes, something sir. special. Been doing it for a long time. It's our countdown. It's called the Friday Five. It always starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Heading into Fourth of July weekend. Celebrating America. The greatest songs of all time with free or freedom in the title for the Friday Five this week. Again, we go, how big or iconic is the song? What's the test of time? How much do you personally like it? Put it all together. And we have our list. The number is 210-619-2053. We all ready to roll, David? Uh, Yeah, we are. Yeah, we'll uh, start off with Lori in Connecticut. Hey, Lori. Hi. Hi, Lori. Scott, David, Jamie. Yes. Early, happy 4th of July, gentlemen. You too, Lori. Appreciate it. Same to you. Thank you. What you thinking about a song with free or freedom in the title? Oh, Leonard Skinner, Freebird. Oh, yeah. Well, I know you're going to have a great weekend. Heck yeah. Yeah. Number one. I'm as free as bird now. How about you? How about you? Yeah! And the bird will never I've heard a lot of people say over the years, you know, man, I just kind of burned out on Freebird. I'm not in that camp. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not either. Really? I used to be. Now you're back around? Yeah, I'm back around. Now, now I want to hear it. Now I want to hear it. I reach for the volume again. This yeah, is, you know what? It's really a great song. It's a great song. It became song. a parody. I get it. But yes, you know. And at every concert, you would yell Freebird. Of right. course. You know how long that song was originally? Of the album? Originally, it was a short song. I don't know. I really don't know how And it was Alan Collins that just kept working on it. Yeah. And and it just kept building and building. And then finally, Ronnie Van Zant put the lyrics to it. There you go. Wow. Did not know that. And then you go live, and it goes even longer. Well, yeah. Of course you got does. a Casey moment right there, man. <laughs> yes. Good for you. <laughs> you, got, you got an army of guitars. You got to use them. Absolutely. The Guitar Army. Okay, well, in Top 40 Radio, when you were there, you didn't get to talk that much about the songs and stuff like that. That When we were in rock radio, you could do that. No, because my songs were disposable garbage. (laughs) Well, at least you admit it. Well, that's good. Now, on with the countdown. (laughs) Thank you. But I got a lot of trips out of that, playing that disposable garbage. (laughs) You did, yeah. A lot of... Plugola, yes. That's my top 40 album debut. <laughs> Disposable <Yes>. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Let's talk to Bill in Delaware. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Uh, good afternoon. Um, I have a, a great song that describes uh, Biden's economy, and it's uh, Free Fallen by Tom Taylor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excellent. Hey, excellent. Good job. Yes. Number two. Peeking behind the curtain. Scott, you are the biggest Tom Petty fan on this show. I am a huge Tom Petty fan. And yes. this one made your top five. Yes. But I think for both Jamie and me, it was number two. You it had, was. Yeah. You had it down at number four. I'm always afraid of being accused of jukeboxing it. 
So I temper some of the things that are my personal favorites. Big song. It's iconic. It I totally it. stands the test of time. Yeah. Personal likes got to be up there. I know. There. I know. I'm... I'm I'm trying to understand that for a second. I'm intimidated by the... Oh, see? This is why. What? You're going to explain exactly why. Okay, go ahead. No, dude, we just go by criteria. That's it. I know. And you put the scores down. Now, to be honest, and it, everybody can do it the way they want, but we have the criteria. A lot of times you don't really write any numbers down. You just kind of go by feel. I do cipher it in my head. Uh some would call that half-assing it. I don't know that I would call Someone. it that. Someone. Oh, no, you do call it that. Well, yeah, to me it is. With frequency. You just don't put yes. the work in. But it's okay. No, right. You say you do the numbers in your head? I cipher. Yeah. yeah. The IRS knows a lot about that. <laughs> is that taking another swipe at me? <laughs> no, I'm just... Oh. I'm, no, 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 not at all. I was say, damn, I'm the only one on the show here making payments to the IRS. But my goodness, you love Tom Petty. That was a huge hit. It's iconic. It's right in the wheelhouse. I love and you say, song. I'm afraid of getting it's in criticized. My top five. I mean, my gosh, that's, five and one. that's not exactly the American See, spirit, this, this but let's why. move on. This is why. Okay. Let's talk next? to uh, Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. If you listen to this Neil Young song, you can solve all world problems by buying an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> yes. Or Thank you so much. Just keep or. rocking in the free world. Yes. Right. It was a few years back. I think we did Free or Freedom. It's been a while. Yeah. I remember having Neil Young in the top five because when you put it all together in personal life, I'm just admitting it. I don't hear it the same way anymore. Oh, I'm done. Not the whole thing with Neil Young and Joe Rogan and take my music off Spotify. It's lasted about, what, three months? Less than that. Less than that. It's like, it might come back around at some point in time in my mind. But for personal life, it's like, okay, Neil. Thousand points for life. I don't need it. Thank you. All right, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Good afternoon, gentlemen, and happy Canada Day and Independence Day. It is happy Canada First Day. First of all, Jamie, that's right. Yes. couldn't get through last week. I wanted to express my condolences over Daisy. I'm sure it still hurts. Oh, I appreciate that, man, talking about my dog. Yeah, really do appreciate that. My pleasure. And I also wanted to mention, a couple of weeks ago, Magic Man won number one without being the top of any of your lists. So I think you ought to get the word about how that works. Maybe if we ran our elections that way, we'd get rid of the duopoly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I'm about to get in my non-electric vehicle and hit the highway with billions of my friends on the way to Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. Have That's a great Good weekend. call. Number four. Okay, I'm going to ask a corny, just a corny question. Okay. All right, and David, this was a hit like 11 years before you were born. But this still may be in play for you. You hear that song. It's uplifting. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's toe tap. Not only that, does it somehow remind you of just better times? Sure. Not every song, I think, does that for you. But yeah. that one does. It, it's so well done. 
Yeah. It's well written, well crafted, well played. You know, it just it's happy. It's got this little string flourish in there. Yeah. The little Philadelphia soul sound. You know, I like that. Yeah. I don't I I never turn that record off ever. Yeah, they turn off very little Elton John, actually. They would put that song to different video of people just around the country celebrating, especially Fourth of July stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, man, good times. The inspiration was Billie Jean King. That's right. Her tennis team, the Philadelphia Freedoms. Yep. And guess what? Yeah. That was your Casey Kasem moment. Good Uh, job right there. Now on with the countdown. (laughs) Feeling left out here. I got to find something. You do. We got to get a Casey Kasem moment. (laughs) Let's talk to Corey in Portland. Hey, Corey. Happy, sunny, freedom, Friday! Corey! Corey, yeah. Bringing the energy as always. Appreciate it, brother. I got to go back to a story you guys did about earlier in the week with the things going on and people are miserable, and I am too because they, I can hear it. Stop the hammering! Stop the hammering! Stop the hammering! Speaking of putting the hammer down... Without a doubt, I whip it out. I got me a rock and roll band. It's a free for all. Get a new gen. Yes, dude. Without a doubt, I whip it out. I got me a rock and roll band. It's a free for all. And that Ted scream. I got a corny question. Does that just make you remember better times? <laughs> no, it makes, well, it makes me think that the, the artistry of writing rock and roll songs is really dead. Every time I hear Ted Nugent, I'm like, whatever happened to subtlety in rock and roll like Sweaty Teddy? No doubt. When in doubt, what will I do when I'm in doubt? When, I've got an idea. I have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's worked. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm in a band. Yeah, right. right. And you can do that when you're in a band, see. Okay. Uh, songs with free or freedom in the title. That is Ted, the Friday Five. Ted Nugent Tubin. <laughs> <laughs> the subtlety, wang dang sweet. Okay. If it was Nugent, it'd be cool, though, if it was Nugent instead of Tubin. The number's 210-619-2053. The Friday Five. Songs with free or freedom in the title. We'll wrap it up. Coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We do have a news update to get to. And the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Well, let me just say this. We've got a piece of audio coming from you that Van Camp is putting together right now that he is laughing hysterically. Dude, it's awesome. I cannot wait to I hear can't, it. You guys got to hang in there for that because it's coming up. Oh, yeah. we got to finish up the Friday Five. Greatest songs of all time with Free or Freedom heading into the 4th of July weekend. That's your number one right there. Leonard Skinner, Freebird. Tom Petty free falling at two. We also had Elton John at number four with Philadelphia Freedom. Still looking for number three and number five. Had some great honorable mentions, too. Yeah. Including the Reverend Ferocious Theodosius Ted Nugent. <laughs> and now back to it. Who's up, David? Uh, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Mary. Hey. Thanks hey, for checking happy in. Happy the July weekend. You, too. Okay, so today I'm going to go with Free Ride by the Edgar Winter Group. Yes. Mary, the analytics on you landing in the top five is astounding. Yeah. Number three. <laughs> well played. I think this is one of those rare songs that all three of us really like it. 
That's a feel-good song. Yes. Great song. Well done. From the only come out at night. Go ahead. Give the vocalist. You like to tell Well, the vocalist and bass player was Dan Hartman, who went on to do a song called I Can Dream About You. Unfortunately, Dad passed away 20 years ago. Uh, The guitar player was none other than the great Ronnie Montrose. Yes. The keyboard player was Edgar Winter, and the drummer was Chuck Ruff. What do I win? (laughs) Chuck Ruff, you say? Chuck Ruff. Look it up. That is a great name. It really is. Now, on with the countdown. (laughs) Okay, who's next? Dr. M in Pennsylvania. Hey, Dr. M. Greetings, comrades. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. In Pennsylvania. Yes, from Moscow originally, so we're from Moscow. Got it. Like Dr. Jill, I have anointed myself with an honorary medical doctorate. Mine (laughs) is in McGurk. Mine is in McGurkin from the Robbins Institute of Incoherent Liberal Speech. (laughs) Well played. Well played. And as a doctor, I can confirm to you that a human woman cannot identify as a bird since birds have peckers. <laughs> Damn, that was funny. That was really good. Oh, man. I don't know if you could say that. We'll find out later. Lost anyway, affiliates, but hey, that's okay. So, what you got okay, today? What, well, this is what Jen Jen was heard yelling as she was leaving President Magoo's administration I'm free! That's a big staple live for the Who. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Joey in Scranton, PA. Hey, Joey. Hey, uh, hey boys, it's, it's, it's more Joey here. Hey, Joe, thanks. <laughs> I don't know who that son of a bitch was uh, claiming to be me before me, but uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to get to the root cause of why someone would pretend to be uh, 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 me. Uh, you know the thing. Uh, anyway, I just wrapped up my trip uh, over to Africa. Af- uh, 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 yeah, I was in Europe. I was in Europe with, uh, with the other, the other seven horsemen of the apocalypse. I mean, uh, the other leaders. And we did good things, you know. We're, we're changing lives, all right. We're changing lives. Thanks, Joe, for all your service. Uh, I like being over there, so I'm away from all the. Uh, all the reporters over here that just keep hassling me about all this nonsense, and they, they just need to know that it's Russia's fault. It's Russia. It's Russia. Russia. Right? Good job. Not me. Anyway, uh, now that I'm back here in, in, in the good old United States, uh, hopefully nobody realizes that I have Rolling Stones in my brain. And the song's called I'm Free. Yes. I'm free. <laughs> oh, man. Or something. Talk up this. Good. <laughs> All right. I think we've got about a minute. We still need number yeah. five, right? Yeah. Okay, who's next? Let's talk to Kevin in St. Louis. Hey, Kevin. Happy Friday, boys. Happy Fourth of July to all of you. Thank you. Kevin, always uh, good to hear from you, bro. How you doing, man? 
doing great. I I got to go with my man Kid Rock and Born Free. Yes, baby. Number five. Yes. Well, that was my number six. But because this is a democracy, David and I had a conversation on how he scored it yeah. for as far as iconic contested time. And I changed my vote at number five to yeah. Kid Rock. I successfully campaigned for my president, Kid Rock. <laughs> I can't help it, man. I love that song. Oh, it's a great song. It's a great it's song. the greatest Bob Seger song that Bob Seger didn't do. Kid Rock did it for him. That's true. Really well done. Okay, so that's a good five. Kid Rock, Elton John, Edgar Winter. Well, Tom Petty, even though Robin's had it at four. And then number one, Leonard Skinner for songs with free or freedom in the title. Good stuff, man. Always. And thank you for playing along. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. We always ask biggest story of the day so far. Yeah. I. I, I okay. So, yeah, you can talk about we're probably in a recession right now officially, sure. even though we all know it. Right. Mm-hmm. You got Joe Biden stumbling around about how he's going to defend a man's right to an abortion or whatever. Kathy Hochul's out there, the governor of New York, saying, well, you know, us enlightened states are going to have to carry the slack for killing babies in the rest of the country. Enlightened states. Yeah, she said enlightened states. But I, I want to get to uh, some audio coming up that I think you're going to love. And it's a it's a liberal who is absolutely losing his ever-loving mind at Democrats. Oh, my. But you've had to work on editing because of the cuss words. So we got to get to that. And the Robbins trifecta coming up right here. Thank you so much for being here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. He's your next The Millennials, David Van Camp, the sexy boomer. In the royal blue. That is Scott Robbins. And a news update, David Van Camp. I can't wait to hear this. Okay. So we've been laughing about uh, Democrats whining about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, right? And what what congressional Democrats have done instead of actually saying, hey, we're going to get together and try to write a law that we think we can pass Mm -hmm. nationwide. Instead, what they're doing is reading poems and doing protests. And I don't know if you saw this uh, a week ago. There is a guy in the House of Representatives who did yoga, and he put it out on Twitter for everyone to see him doing yoga. <laughs> I'm just like, what was the purpose? Just <clears throat> to calm it's himself? It's a stress relief thing. Uh, he actually yeah, okay. was deleting it because he was getting dragged so hard. And I really yeah. do think, you know, if you are somebody out there who thinks that, you know, abortion is a constitutional right, you're wrong. But if you if you believe that then you should be furious with the democratic party because they haven't done anything for the last month plus to or the years before that or the years before that or i mean you don't even have to go back that far you go back to obama's first term they had a supermajority. sure they could have done it they could have codified roe and they didn't (laughs) and so, Wasn't it because a lot of people felt like they always needed it as an issue? Yes, they need it to be an issue because right. they can raise money off of it. Yeah. And that's where we pick up this angry son of a gun who's posting about this on everyone's favorite Chinese spy app, TikTok. <laughs> and he is furious with his fellow Democrats. And this is a rant for the ages. I love this. 
Okay. It's cracking me up. I can tell them where they can at least make one small change to stop pissing me the off every hour right now. Stop sending me. Stop sending me fundraising requests right now. Okay? The Republican Party had a plan for the last 50 years to overturn Roe v. Wade. We had a, a leak five weeks ago telling us that this exact thing was going to happen. And your response after five weeks of careful study and planning and thought has been to send us nonstop fundraising emails. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of the Democratic Party from California is worth $114.7 million. Dianne Feinstein, who doesn't know where the f*** she is right now, <laughs> the Senator from California, part of the Democratic Party, is worth $87.9 million. Million. You guys want money? F call your guy. You call him every week to do insider trading. If you don't want to f do it or it's too hard, f retire. You're rich as you don't need to do anything. If I had $114.7 million, Nancy Pelosi, you know what I do? First thing, I get my husband a driver so he doesn't get a DUI. Second thing, you know what I do? Time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> That's the best part. Is it's his party and he's fed up. He's yeah. had enough. So every point is spot on. <laughs> get her husband a driver. Just have about... Uh, Ten seconds left in this, but yeah, okay. this is awesome. Point seven million dollars, Nancy Pelosi. You know what I do? First thing, I get my husband a driver so he doesn't get a damn DUI. Second thing, you know what I do? I'd be on a boat. I'd be on a boat. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. All right. Man, oh man! Don't you wish he was in the room so you could say something to him? Like, oh. but you know, a great patriot like Nancy, she just wants to help people. Help people. That's all. <laughs> just watch. They've go spent their more. entire life in public service, not enriching themselves. Oh no, these people! Oh, the sacrifice for a public servant. These great Americans. These like great Americans. Sacrifice. And Nancy Pelosi. The opportunity to really, really skyrocket in the business world. They decide, no, I'd rather serve the public. They have no other marketable skill. They don't have one. Not one. Except fundraising. Well, I look at guys like Kinzinger and say, what are you going to do? You've been in politics since you were like eight, running for school board when you were 12. What are you going to do? Gotcha. Casey, stand up. That's all you know how to do. Are you ready for your trifecta? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Roll it out. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. The trifecta helped by his life hero. I'm yeah. Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Scott. Yes, yes, my I'm friend. ready. Okay, good. Yeah, yes. Three. Looking forward to spending time together over the fourth, me and Casey. All right. What is number three, Scott? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was, I was waiting on something that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I don't know if a basketball hit him square in the head or what happened. Let me repeat that. Uh, three. I don't, <laughs> stop it. Three. I've heard it. Stop. I will leave your vase of ashes at home. All right, maybe a, a basketball. Good. <laughs> See, I, okay. Go ahead. I can't. 
Is he, are you done now? Are Three. You, are you done? Are you done? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I don't know if a basketball hit him on the head or not, but Rex Chapman is tweeting. Remember Rex Chapman, the basketball player? I remember he was a sharpshooter. He uh, Somehow he's gone insane. I know. This. I don't know it's when happened that happened. But, yeah. Yes, all of a sudden he was going to be on CNN Plus. Yeah. yeah. This is after the organized retail theft thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which he was part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tweets out the most racist thing ever done and acknowledged by the person who did it. Imagine bragging about blocking the first black president in history's nomination for the Supreme Court is his proudest moment. Wow. I grew up watching Strom Thurmond and Jesse Helms. Mitch McConnell is the next level. And he's mad. Now he's mad because Mitch blocked your favorite politician, Jamie Markley. Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. Yes. So this all goes to Clarence Thomas? To Clarence Thomas. That's right. So he believes. Now, again, what's truly, what is truly racist here? To believe that a Supreme Court nominee must not be blocked by a sole reason? That he was nominated by a black person? That you can't block him? That we're just supposed to let that go? Isn't that racist? Well, it, well, then also with, with Clarence Thomas, he was saying he'd never seen Clarence Thomas in the stands of an NBA game. Is Clarence Thomas really black? Because yeah, I've never seen him at a basketball game. At a basketball game. Yeah. He said that. Okay, so let me get this straight. So Rex Chapman has his panties in a bunch because Mitch McConnell blocked Obama's pick. Strom Thurmond. I'm sorry. Strong what? Huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So he's about that. He's upset, but then he's also upset with Clarence Thomas because of the abortion ruling. That's right. And he said, "What? He was the only black person where? Uh, he wasn't. He's not a real black person because he's he didn't not go a to an NBA game. Because yeah, okay. he never went to an NBA game. And then he tweeted out that, that uh, a video from uh, Chappelle's show, the first episode of Chappelle's show, where it had the black white supremacist on it, <laughs> yeah, Clayton Bigsby. Hilarious. And it's like, uh, it, it just has the caption, how could that be? A black white supremacist. Oh, got it. So that's what he's saying about Clarence yeah. Thomas. So now go. he's mad. Because Merrick Garland was blocked, and the only reason he was blocked was because Barack Obama, a black man, nominated him for the Supreme Court. Oh, my God! Because if Merrick Garland would have been on there, none of this stuff would have happened. And that's Rex Chapman. That's Rex Chapman. Okay. You got all that? I think so. I appreciate it. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Two. Okay. Uh, California school board members call for boycott, or a member called for boycott of January, July 4th celebrations. I'm surprised this hasn't happened all over, actually. Anna Marie Avilia Ferris, member of the Contra County Board of Education in California, posted on Facebook that we should boycott the 4th of July. Why? She has not celebrated the 4th of July since 2016. She doesn't think it's a holiday to celebrate. I'm not particularly patriotic. I'm especially not interested in celebrating a holiday centered around freedom from oppressive government when the freedom is not really free. Then move. You are free to go. Lastly, last Friday, women's reproductive rights were taken away! Then move. We are not Leave. in a place of progress or celebration when human rights are being taken away. No. Move. Leave. You know, thanks to the sacrifices of other people, moron, you get to post this sort of nonsense freely on your website. 
in a state that is actually advertising, come here for your abortion, abortion. vacation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And she's on a school board. Yes. Well, that sounds like part I'm, of the problem. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be very surprised if tomorrow we don't see some sort of protesting going on, or uh, on the 4th, rather, or sometime over the weekend. Uh, there probably will be. Well, I, I think Biden's next stimulus program should be getting these communists the hell out of this country if they hate it so much. Right. Bye. Most of them aren't really producing anything anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can pay for flights for people that are here illegally to go to all parts of the United yeah. States, certainly you can afford to fly people out that want yeah. to get out. Get the hell out of my country. Yes. Good luck to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, when, and when you say that, David, I agree with you, and I've said it myself, to me it sounds so Archie Bunker when I say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I think it has so much more validity now. Where, you know, you want to pitch a fit and roll around on the floor and scream and yell and stomp your feet and all that, then get, go. No, I mean, Out you go. For your own health, if you feel like you yeah, are yeah. being persecuted and this is a horrible country, then get out. Stop trying yeah. to make the, me the rest of us as miserable as you are. Boy, isn't that the truth. I agree. Okay. Now, on with the countdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one more, right? Well, and yeah. finally, oh, yeah. one. Uh, expected to be one of the busiest travel periods since the pandemic this weekend. Yeah. A lot of people flying, a lot of flights being canceled. Passengers on a Delta flight from Michigan to Minnesota say the airline offered them ten grand cash to give up their seats on an overloaded domestic flight. $10,000? $10,000. In the end, the hour-long flight departed just 20 minutes later than scheduled. Well, yeah. Jason Atten, a tech columnist, Inc. Magazine, boarded the plane with his family, was waiting for it to leave the gate. A flight attendant comes on over the intercom. The crew was looking for eight volunteers to give up their seats on the apparently oversold flights, offering them $10,000 cash each. He bailed and took the ten grand and caught the next flight. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I'll, do a walk. I'll walk to where I have to go for ten grand. <laughs> Are you insane? No kidding. And there you have it. Yeah. Well done. Scott Robbins, trifecta. Do it every day at this time. Top three stories of the day. Always appreciate it. Don't like it? Leave. <laughs> wow, man. That's my bumper sticker. Van Camp for president. It's really been an honor for me. <laughs> you don't like it? Leave. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Got to get the Nimrods of the news. Any news updates? Straight ahead right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Who's enlightened? Oh, well, uh, the president was doing a virtual meeting with a bunch of governors from states that really love to kill nine-month-old babies in the womb, apparently, hmm. uh, about, you know, abortion access and whatnot. Uh, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, says, you know, us enlightened states are going to have to pick up the burden after Roe v. Wade. Oh, please. The rights of millions of women across this country are now falling on the shorter shoulders of just a handful of states. Just a handful of states are now going to have to take care of the health care of women from other states. What's available to New Yorkers and the other enlightened states should be available to all Americans. They just say it, man. The other enlightened states. Mm-hmm. Is she a real person, or is she like one of those bots from Westworld? <laughs> Boy, man, that's great, because I was thinking the exact same thing. She doesn't even look human. No, and she doesn't sound human. I mean, everything seems to be programmed. <laughs> what a joke. Of course she couldn't get elected. And then she's talking about 
Concealed weapons in New yeah, York? She's trying to compare the overturning of Roe v. Wade to the Supreme Court saying that, no, if you're going to limit people's access to concealed carry permits, you have to do it in an objective manner, not the subjective, but you got to tell us a good reason why, you're, why you want a concealed carry permit. Right. In the state of New York, this came the day after the Supreme Court also told us that we did not have the right to protect our citizens from people carrying concealed weapons in places like subways and Times Square, etc. Yeah. Right now, they don't have protection from people carrying illegal weapons. Right. No. You would want people that legally have guns in those places. She doesn't get that. Nope. That's the whole thing about the left talking about guns. It's so clueless. They don't care. It doesn't affect them. Well, do you remember on CNN, the brilliant Allison Camerata? Frowny talk, Frownerson? Oh, talking about gun shop owners. Why don't they just ask customers if they've heard voices? <laughs> I mean, you think, okay, you made that up. No, remember? Why don't we go to gun shop owners and say, do you think that this 21-year-old who comes in and wants an AR-15 style weapon, do you think that he looks like he's going hunting it has nothing to do with it. What he with looks this like. weapon, did you ask him? Um, by the way, do you ever think that people are chasing you? Do you ever hear voices saying that people are coming for you? Do they ever ask questions like that? <laughs> they, no, because it's insane. No, because then no. they do routinely say, "No, we're not going to sell you this gun." It, for people who come in and look like they're nuts, but what she's actually calling for is profiling. Right. Hey, do, exactly. Do, 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 do you pray towards Mecca? I'm not selling you this gun. That's what she's calling for. Yes. I hear voices. Okay, we got to get to uh, Nimrod's in the news. Or did it just start? It kind of did. Uh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. You hear voices? Yeah. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> All right. Nimrod's in the news. Go to Pennsylvania. Got a woman, Kelly Bridger, broke into another woman's home early in the morning. Didn't steal anything. Just tired, plopped down on the couch and fell asleep. So the homeowner, Nesha Fisher, is also sleeping in the living room. Said she had fallen asleep watching TV. He wakes up and she sees this other woman sleeping on her couch. She didn't know her, didn't know what she was doing, so she called the police. They showed up. They were baffled, too. Well, I know, big shocker. Kelly was hammered and wandered into the home because her grandmother used to live there. Oh, I see. Wow. And the front door doesn't close all the way. So she was able to just go in. Kelly's being charged with criminal trespass. It's one of those comfortable couches you can just always take a nap there. And that's Nimrod's in the news.